What's up, guys and gals? Trevor here. Man, this last week has been a wild one, an awesome one, a wild one. I'm going to unpack this last week. We had our carrot team retreat. We threw, we flew 20 some odd people in here to Roseburg, Oregon, had our every six month retreat. But what I want to do right now is I want to touch on three topics that, um, that really popped up during retreat, but also just popped up as I'm thinking about life, as I'm thinking about business on my drive back from a weekend up at the lake with, with my family and my brother and his family. And uh, so I want to touch on a few things, something called the ceiling of complexity, next sabbaticals, and then third energy work. Those three things are very related, very, very critical as you, uh, as you as an entrepreneur escalate and as you really want to gain more freedom and flexibility in your business, really make more impact. But let's unpack the week. Okay, so every six months we have our carrot team uh, out here in Oregon at our HQ. And we've been hiring so much lately. Uh, every single time we have a retreat, there's always two, three, four, five, six new people on the team. So we get a chance to meet them in person, really build an amazing fellowship together, and also uh, helps us get clarity on the rest of the year. So this this summer retreat was an, was an awesome one because I think we added six people since the last one, maybe seven people. To, to serve our mission, to serve our clients, mostly on, on the customer success side, but one of them was on the growth side. And the biggest hires this next six months, between now and our and our January retreat for 2019, are probably going to be on the marketing side, probably on the marketing and growth and sales side. Uh, that's been the most understaffed part of our company so far. And I think <laughs> it's a testament to, to our focus on product and customer success that the marketing team is the smallest and least developed team in the whole company. And uh, now we're really seeing the massive need to make sure we're picking that up because the product team, customer success team, customer support team, they are by far the largest team in the company. And I think it shows based on the results uh, that our clients get and the customer rating we get. So we're really proud of that. But we spent um, uh, about four days up at 10 Mile Lake. 10 Mile Lake is just uh, just re- literally on the coast uh, here in, in Oregon, just west of where we live here in Roseburg. And we rented a big house. There are actually three houses on this property. If you head over to my Instagram, go to instagram.com forward slash trevor.mock. That's M-A-U-C-H. Go find me on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash trevor.mock. And you'll be able to see a lot of our journey, a lot of our stories and things like that from our retreat. We did some amazing, amazing things. Had a lot of fun, gained gained a lot of clarity. But check out the lake house, y'all. It's so cool. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, our videographer, he spent uh, three days with us there as well. We're filming a documentary right now. We're filming a mini documentary tracking basically Carrot's progress on this mission, on our growth, on the struggles we're having as we're growing, and also tracking Seth Dueckley and his growth in his new company. He's a friend and mentor of mine. He's been on the podcast before, sold his uh, first company for about 17 million bucks when he was 28 or 29, lost most of that money, and then built another company that did 60 million before he sold it just recently. He works out of the loft in our offices with us. So we're following his journey and my buddy Cody Kellum uh, in the business that they're growing really fast, also based out of the loft. So keep an eye out for that this fall crazy pump to share these behind the scenes journeys of our struggles, our triumphs, and really just behind the scenes stuff no one gets to see. So you'll see a lot of the lake house uh, in one of the episodes there. But we had a lot of clarity and it's pretty neat as we as we, as we we have each retreat, uh, we always like to theme the retreats in a different way. And it's always based on, of course, what's the biggest struggle or opportunity we have right now that we need to get clear on? What's the biggest struggle or opportunity we need to, we need to really get momentum on? And right now, the biggest one for us is with, with, soft, with software companies, where it's a recurring revenue type business, with software companies, um, 
the, the recurring revenue metrics are really, really important. You know, what is the churn rate or the cancellation rate um, by plan type? And, you know, are clients upgrading more than they're downgrading the app? And are we really helping build value for, for our clients that the plans they're using? Are we building the right feature set that helps them, you know, get the most value? And honestly, so so we can yield the, the biggest payment while helping you save more money and help you have a better ROI. So there's all these things that we're looking at. But we circled big time around these new metrics that we're calling North Star metrics. And now in normal business planning, you have your goals, you know, then you have your big rocks or the big rocks are the things that, you know, those are the, the, the important handful of things that you have to get done in order to reach the goals, okay? And then you've got your KPIs, you know, key performance indicators. KPIs are kind of what help help manage you on, on the day-to-day or the week-to-week. You know, what are those most important metrics that I should track and I should follow um, in order to see at a high level? Are we going on the right path towards the goals? And then one thing that my mentor, uh, Dan Martell, on the software side told me just this past couple of weeks, he said, man, you guys are doing amazing on the annual planning. You guys are doing amazing on the quarterly planning. But the reason you guys are, are, are moving slow and getting behind some of these some of the most important things in your company is because you guys aren't doing very good monthly and weekly and even daily planning. Like, what are you guys doing to wrap your team around certain things where they know every single day how they can win? Every single day, they know exactly what they need to do to push forward on the most important things in the business. So, like I said, on a, on a quarterly basis, everyone would be clear, but then week one will go by, month one will go by, you know, a month and a half into that quarter, then people would just kind of pick up their normal work again. And they wouldn't really know whether the work they're doing is actually contributing towards the ultimate goal or the big rocks, okay? Because you get caught up in the day. So that's where our North Star metrics are coming in. And we're going to be going to be reporting with you guys how those North Star metrics um, are give me, uh, being applied in our business, how you can do it, whether you're a real estate investor, whether you're a real estate agent, software company owner, it doesn't matter. I think every company should have North Star metrics. And we're going to let you guys know how to put them in your own business too over the coming months. But I want to talk about something called a ceiling of complexity. And it, it was really highlighted in, in a big way for me mentally at the retreat because I remember our first retreat three years ago or so um, when there was like eight of us there. Okay, there were like eight of us there. This time there were 20 some odd people from around the country that were here at this carrot team retreat. And the last one, I think there were something like 15. And the one before that was like 12. And every single time we're adding new people. And this was probably 2011 or 12, way before Carrot. And I was going through that struggle that I've documented well on this podcast and told the story many times where, you know, I was just burnt out. I was burnt out. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I didn't see a clean path for me to have true passion and purpose and, and really make an impact in my business. I was just like, man, I'm making good money. Things seem like they're going great. And everyone on the outside is like, man, you've got it made. But on the inside, it just felt empty. You know, on the inside, I'm like there's got to be a better way to run business. There's got to be a better way to have true purpose and true passion and, and really make this thing happen without me having to pull it uphill all the time. All right. And so that's when I was introduced to a guy named Dan Sullivan. And Dan Sullivan has a, a, a program called Strategic Coach. And one thing I've done for probably the past five, six, seven years is I've always had a coach or I've always been in a mastermind. I've always invested in myself. Now, a good rule of thumb that I like to follow is depending on, on your ability, but I like to always invest five to 10% of my income into coaching and masterminds. Okay. So as your income grows, it doesn't, that's not when you need to cut your coaching down. That's when you need to amplify it up. You need to, you need to invest more money in coaching, more money in the right masterminds to get you uh, to the spots where you can level up. 
at the beginning phases of your entrepreneurial journey, usually it's around just doing the right actions and getting clear on the tactics and strategy. Okay, that's it. You got to get money. You got to get money coming in. Then next, it's how do you scale up your activities? How do you scale up the right things? Okay, how do you how do you make sure you're working on the right things? Okay, and then next is oh my gosh, how do we actually inject more purpose, more momentum, more of the right things into the business without me having to do them? Because now I want to really gain freedom. I want that flexibility. I really want to make the impact. Okay, the finances are there at this point, but for some reason I don't have the freedom, flexibility, not making the impact I want. And that's when Dan introduced me to that concept of the ceiling of complexity. And in that 2011 or 2012 time period, like I said, we were hitting this wall, we were hitting this ceiling where it just felt like I could never find a way to grow the business past a certain level. And this is my previous companies before Carrot. It seemed like you know, we were doing well, but we just couldn't get past this mark every single year. And it seemed like there was just something missing, something had to be unlocked that I couldn't figure out what it was. And it wasn't me working more hours because I had tried that. I had tried working more hours. I had tried trying this new marketing technique. I would tried these things. And what Dan Sullivan said was when you're at that point, there's a ceiling that uh, it's called the ceiling of complexity that you keep on trying to break through, but you keep on bouncing back. And every, every single time you try to break through that ceiling of complexity, you bounce back. And the only way you can crack through the ceiling of complexity and to get to the other side, which is simplicity, is by making things simpler. Okay, it's not by adding more things. It's not by not by adding this, adding that, and, you know, adding more time. It's not even just by adding more people. Okay, because at that time I was trying to add more people. I was thinking, well, maybe we just need to do more things. And maybe we need to do more things. And by adding more things, more marketing things, more products, more time, then that's going to crack us through just by brute, but by sheer brute force. But what it was was we need to work smarter and actually work less. And um, the first things we ended up doing was we got way better at creating systems. Okay, number one, I think the first thing people try to do at that point where you're hitting the ceiling, whether it's your income or fulfillment or happiness, is we try to outsource a bunch of things. We go out there and get VAs. We go out there and get an assistant, things like that. And the way that I did it was wrong because when you, when you initially do that, you're just outsourcing tasks. You're like delegating tasks. And when you delegate tasks, there's a funny thing that happens is you delegate all these tasks to so the person's actually doing the work, but then everything keeps on bouncing back to you to review and push out. So if you have four, five, six, seven people out there doing different tasks for you, what's happening now is you have four, five, six, seven different people now that you have to review their work. You have to check on that stuff and you're you're just putting yourself more and more and more into that complex business model in this in, in this com, in this complexity. Okay, so that's what I was doing. I'm thinking, man, I'm doing the right things. Everyone's telling me I need to outsource. Everyone's telling me I need to delegate. Everyone's telling me I need to do these things. I'm doing them, and it's not happening. It's actually getting harder for me. I have to work more, and it feels like I'm going slower and slower and slower. And I'm actually bottlenecking people. So what he said was to do this. Okay, so sit down and, of course, write down the processes. So keep a spot, keep a place where whenever you do something, write down the process, document the process, hand that over to someone, okay? But then this is where I missed it before. Was I was, I was handing the processes over, but then I kept on just looking at the person's work and ensuring that they did the process. And so now what I do is I go, okay, here's the process. Here's the person. They're, they're, they're more than just a VA. They're more than just someone that just requires a little bit of checkup. This is someone who believes in what we're doing. It's someone who I'm probably paying a little bit more. These are not low-dollar VAs. You, you pay low-dollar VAs, you're going to have to always check the work. You're always going to be the hub and the wheel. 
when you pay someone better and you give them a process, you give them expectations, you give them metrics that they have to deliver on, then you look at the metrics. Okay, at the start, maybe you're looking at the metrics every day. You know, maybe you're looking at those key metrics, those key performance indicators every single day to see if they're actually doing those things correctly. And then you branch it out to like every week. Okay, so then that person would be doing that work. It could be a marketing activity. You know, it could be they're putting out bandit signs, or it could be you know, they're writing blog posts for us, or there could be they're doing SEO, or they're doing pay per click, or whatever that is. It could be they're making offers, you know, for whatever type of business you are. Okay, and then I'm checking it once a week, and they know what the goal is. I know what the goal is. We know what the metrics are. They know how to report the metrics. They come to me to report those metrics weekly. And then we review the metrics. And as long as the metrics are where they need to be, sweet. I'm not checking in unless they need me and they know that I'm there if, if, if they need me. And then I see them again next week. Okay? So now what happens is my work time becomes a lot simpler because I'm not checking up on their work all the time. I'm just looking at the metrics. I don't care about the actual work. I care that the work is delivering the actual result that we're going after. And way too many of us make our businesses way too complex by always looking at the work and looking at the tasks rather than gauging from a higher level is this work producing the results at the pace we want it to produce so then I was able to really lead instead of manage tasks and that's the first thing that simplified my business for me that really grew my ceiling of complexity okay so once I did that that started to really open things up for me and then what happened next was as Kara grew as I started Kara I'm going okay How do I do this more and more in my businesses? How do I actually empower people to do great things and have them be really proactive in growing the things that they're in charge of and have me not just meddling in their crap? I mean, not just meddling in the the way they're doing the work. Let's create a process to guide the way that they're doing the work. But I'm just going to be looking at what what results are the work producing, right? So then the next thing that made things even simpler for me was involving our team in the planning. So one thing that was happening uh, to complicate our business even more as we were growing Carrot is I was doing the planning. We had great KPIs. We had things like that. But the problem was, even though the team had great KPIs, I was becoming a bottleneck again. I made it, I made it complicated again because I was the guy who created the plan. I was the guy who actually created the KPIs and said, hey, can you report these? And what happens, y'all, when you're the one that is, is the, the spoke in that wheel? What happens when you're the hub in that wheel? and you made the decisions and you created the plan, what if your team member has a question about the plan? What if your team member has a strategy, but you didn't give them the opportunity to help to be a part of creating that plan? Well, they wait on you for it. So they wait on you for advice, they wait on you for questions, they wait on you for for doing this thing or doing that thing, and you happily take it on. Okay, you happily take it on. And I was happily taking all those things on, thinking I'm helping my team. Okay, thinking I'm helping my team going, hey, awesome, you've got a question, sweet, I'm here, like I am here to serve you. And all that I was doing, y'all, is I was complicating the business even more. Because now, now rather than me managing tasks, I was managing people. Okay, and you can manage people up to a certain point. You can manage people up to probably until we got to eight, nine, ten different ten people in carrot. I did pretty well at that. But now that we're over twenty, I was massively making our business complex. I was taking the power out of our people's hands. I was losing my freedom. I was losing my flexibility. So the next level that we're on right now to really add flexibility, add freedom back to me and back to our team members and put those monkeys back into our team members' laps so they can do their best work is by hiring people to manage and lead people. Okay, so that's kind of the level that we're on right now. Is is now we're hiring people. We've hired been hi- we've hired leaders. Those leaders hire other people. Those people come to them, and then I just work primarily with the leaders now, 
on crafting the plan with everybody, with everybody, not for everybody. They're a part of it now. So now they feel the ownership in the plan. They can actually adjust the plan or give recommendations for plan adjustments. And now I can step back one level further. So which level are you in in the business? Are you in the business, are you in the level where you need to start getting people to do some tasks and you're delegating tasks? Cool, do that. You should be creating processes and creating a prop for them to ex- execute. And then you should be creating metrics to tell whether those processes are working. Okay, don't manage the process, manage the metric. And if you're hiring a bunch of VAs and expecting them to run your business for you, you should probably go out there and find a person or two who, you know, who, co- who costs more money. They're more of an investment, but they're, they're less work for you because they're actually leading those things and they take more responsibility. Okay, they're not just taskmasters you have to follow up on. Or you in a phase like I've been going through last year or so, where you're beyond that eight, nine, 10 people, where you can't have that many direct reports and serve them well, and you're slowing them down again. The business got complex again. And every single level, every single time you reach a new level in your business, you hit this ceiling of complexity. Okay, you keep on hitting these ceilings of complexity that make your business harder to run. And the ceiling of complexity isn't something you break over just once. You're gonna continually hit these ceilings of complexity, and you'll know when you hit them. When you're getting a little bit stressed out, you feel like you can never get things caught up, you feel like, man, if I could only get past this this, this hump, if I can only get past this level, okay, it could be a revenue level, level, it could be a time off level, it could be freedom and flexibility level. Okay, you just feel like you keep on hitting, hitting the ceiling and bouncing back. That's when you need to go and execute some of those things I just mentioned. Now, let's talk about um, sabbaticals. And this is very, very related to this. The first time I hit uh, a ceiling of complexity in Carrot, as an example, was was actually probably about a year and a half to two years into the business, okay? Um, because before that, we were always at, like I said, below five, six people in the business. And about two years in, I think we were seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people. And what was happening was I was still... I was still somewhere related in a lot of processes and systems in the business. And so what happened leading into uh, 2016, we were doing our planning for 2015, or, or at the end of 2015, but we were doing the planning for 2016. I sat back and I went, man, like I am slowing this business down. Okay, I'm slowing this business down. We've hit another ceiling of complexity. How do we get me out of these things, open it up, simplify the business, and really get to that next level? Well, what happened was I said, okay, I need to actually now get myself out of the way of these processes and systems. We'd already created the processes and systems. We'd put people in place who could get ownership over those. The problem was I wasn't letting them gain full ownership over those because I was way too accessible to answer those questions. And I, as a leader, wasn't asking them a lot of questions. I was giving them answers when they would ask them. Okay. So I said, okay, 2016, I'm going to take a month off of work. And uh, I'd never taken a sabbatical. I'd never taken probably more than a week and a half, maybe two weeks max off of work. And it probably was a sad, sad effort of actually taking time off. Okay, so I went into 2016 and I told the whole team in January, I said, okay, in July, I'm taking a full month off of work. I'm not gonna check in unless it's emergency. Um, here's my cell phone number. I'm not gonna look in Slack, our team communication tool. I'm not gonna look in Asana, our project management tool. I'm not gonna even look in any of those, those things at all. And there's not gonna be any tasks on my plate at all work-related the whole month. And I think everyone was looking at me, number one, nervous, because they were going, how is this gonna work? Because we keep on having to come to, to Trevor for all these things. And number two, they were probably going, oh my gosh, this is gonna slow us down with all these big things we have, it's gonna slow us down. The funny, this funny thing happened was when we put the intention out there, everyone started to look for the things that, what we're gonna drop when Trevor's gone. 
okay, what balls are going to drop the second the trevor has gone for that week, that two weeks, that three weeks, that four weeks? And I had everyone write a list. And I said, okay, guys, what's going to drop when I'm gone? And what things do you, do you feel like you don't have the ability, knowledge, or empowerment to actually make decisions on that you they usually come to me with? Okay, and we never asked those questions before because I was always there and I thought I was serving my team by answering their questions. But then I, when I said, okay, what do you feel that you won't have the ability, knowledge, or empowerment to make decisions on that, that you're currently coming to me for that will have to be made when I'm gone? And everyone came to me with a short list. And the cool thing was it wasn't a big list. There were probably three, four, five, six things maybe max uh, for each one of the people on our team. And so what we did that next three, four, five, six months was work through that list. And we created trainings. I um, you know, educated them on things that were simple things sometimes. Like here's an example. On the content side of things, Brandon on our team was always in a, he was in a bottleneck where I was creating a bottleneck around content getting done. Okay, I, I'd, I'd be late, up late, really, really, you know, really up late sometimes getting an article done or I would just not get it done because I had a lot of other monkeys that I picked up from other people that I shouldn't have. I should have kept them in their, in, on their backs. But um, basically, he's like, well, there's not really anything. You know, it's just mainly just getting, helping you get your articles done. I'm going, okay, so do I have to do the articles? Like, does someone else have to do, can someone else do the articles? He goes, well, yeah, for sure. But, you know, these are kind of up in your wheelhouse. And I go, well, are they in my wheelhouse because I'm the only one who knows them or I'm the only one who can do it? Or is it in my wheelhouse because I'm the only one on our team that has been given the ability to do these and has been trained to do them? And he said, well, probably the second one. I said, cool, so what do you need to go out and hire writers to do this stuff for us? And um, at that point, really what, what the issue was there was we just never talked budget, and it wasn't his fault. It's 100% my fault for not recognizing that, that a team member can't go fill a gap if they don't know what budget they have to fill the gap with, okay? So we talked budget around that side of the content marketing team. Then Brennan was, was able to go away and finish that thing that we had started. I was continually picking up the monkey that really shouldn't have been mine, but it was mine because I hadn't really trained them what they should have been trained on in the first place, which was, let's go through the budget, let's outline a real budget, now here's your budget to run this part of the company. That unleashed him to do his work and it made it to where I wasn't a bottleneck anymore. Okay, so we ended up doing, uh, I ended up having a sabbatical and the month went great. I mean, business-wise, is the, the biggest revenue month we'd ever had up to that point was that month that I was gone. Now, was it because of that? I don't know. Who knows? But I think it validates that that I could take a month off, right? And one of the reasons I took the month off was to, to, to challenge our team on, hey, what are those things that you can and should be taking on that I'm currently, for some reason, um, keeping you guys from doing it? Okay, and I'm actually driving back from the lake right now, so if you hear any noise around the truck that's what it is and then also next it stopped me from meddling in people's stuff because I'm, I'm kind of a type a personality when it comes to work and education I'm a really actually um I'm, I'm not an outgoing person okay I'm not like if I'm in a room of, of people that I don't know that well or even with a room of people I do that I don't know that well I'm a pretty quiet guy I don't you know unless it's like where I'm supposed to be delivering I'm, I'm doing an event or a speech or something like that you know, I'm, I'm not the guy who's out there in front of everyone speaking. I'm probably off speaking with one or two people just hanging out. Okay. But, but what happened was I, I, I ended up going, okay, this is going to make it so I'm not tempting myself to meddle in people's stuff and I'm not tempting myself to answer their questions. Okay. Cause they're going to have to end up figuring out their own question, their answers, their own questions. And I know that they will because they're such smart people. 
Okay, so that was amazing. That 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 sabbatical month was amazing. Now, fast forward two years, um, some of my team members are, are once again asking me, "Hey, are you going to take a sabbatical this year?" And I haven't. I'm probably going to do one next year. I'm probably going to do one next year and take another, uh, probably a two week to four week, two week to four week sabbatical. And at that that point, it's going to give everyone a chance to to really latch onto their work again and give me a chance to pull back and go. You know what? We have such an amazing team. Let's blast through that next level of complexity, that seemingly complexity, simplify this business and get the power in the people's hands and get it out of my hands. Okay. Which sabbaticals are amazing, y'all. So use sabbaticals wisely. Don't just use them for giving yourself energy. Okay. Because what oftentimes happens, if you just use them because you're getting burnt out, if you just use them because you're you're getting burnt out in your work and, and you're you're, you're losing energy, I guarantee you when you get back, it's still going to be the same thing. You might be a little bit more refreshed, but you're probably actually going to be stressed out while you're gone because you know a lot of balls are getting dropped. So what can you do to take a sabbatical and prepare for a sabbatical to have teams and systems working for you, have great KPIs that track the high level, and then put the power into other people's hands to also be able to lead and look at those indicators so they can run the business while you're gone. That's where true freedom comes in, y'all. That's where true flexibility comes in. And that's where true finances and impact come in as well. You cannot get to true freedom, flexibility, finances, and impact without doing those things right there and taking the monkeys off of your back and putting them back into your teams. Okay, you can't do it. One second. Passing the car. All right, I made it safely. Sweet. So the third thing I wanted to talk about, and honestly, I can't remember what I said at the beginning of this <laughs> beginning of this call. Um, but what I am going to talk about actually is reading. And um, if if the third topic pops back up in my brain, oh, it's it's energy work, um, is what it was. So I've talked about this quite a bit, and I want to bring up the books I'm reading right now. But energy work is a big deal for me because you know, same thing. Going back to that 2011, 2012 period in my life when when I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I just wasn't fulfilled in the work that I was doing is because I wasn't doing the things that gave me energy and all, they're extremely related. And why, what, like the reason energy work is so darn important y'all is because as you're finding those ways to crack through that ceiling of complexities, you're finding ways to create processes and get people in there and have those people lead them instead of you, you know, um, just, just meddling in the stuff and meddling in the weeds. Um, Energy work is where you need to be guiding your work. Okay, so as those things get off into process, they, as they go to people who can own them, and as you as you have key metrics that really look at it from a high level, and as you empower them to do the work, and you get out of the way, and you take your sabbatical every now and then, that's where you need to be focusing your your, your energy on is the work that gives you great energy, the work that gives you more energy uh, when you're done when than when you started. And if you have not done this yet, the, this 15 minute per quarter energy audit changed my life, y'all. And I've had so many people coming to me in this past three, four, five, six months and said, Trevor, this right here, the energy audit is like, that's the book you should write. That's the book that's going to change uh, people's lives. That's that right there is the concept that changed my life. I was in a really high, high level mastermind. And that presentation I did with this high level mastermind won uh, for what they called the 10 minute tactic. And, uh, these are people who, who are insanely successful in their, in their businesses. They're like, the way you describe that is different than anything I've ever heard before. And it finally makes sense. It finally makes sense. So if you haven't seen this yet, go to oncarrot.com forward slash energy, oncarrot.com forward slash energy. And you're going to be able to download my 15 minute per quarter energy audit for free. You don't even have to put in your email address. Go to oncarrot.com forward slash energy to get my 15 minute per quarter energy audit that could completely change your life. 
Okay, so when you start to take those sabbaticals, when you start to get those processes in place and get those right people in place and pay them well, and stop getting just VAs and get people who are actually on your team who report to you on a daily or weekly basis, who are accountable for metrics, who are accountable for making sure that they're following the core values of your business, not just doing tasks. You should be taking that time and putting it towards the things that give you energy on the list and outsource the rest or insource the rest to other people on your team. Okay, so on carrot.com forward slash energy. Now, here's a couple of books I'm reading right now. We'll wrap this episode with this. Is as I'm growing carrot, and as you guys, guys and gals are looking at in your own businesses right now, and you're looking at the things that you can guide and you can improve, as you're growing the business and cracking through those ceiling, those ceilings of complexity, the thing you need to be learning the most is leadership. And I remember five or six years ago, I never read leadership books because I thought they were boring as crap because I thought I didn't need them. I thought, well, I'm a good leader. Like, I'm, I, I don't need this stuff, right? But as I stopped getting into, you know, as, as, as I was, was going, okay, I'm not going to be doing these tasks anymore, all these marketing tasks, all these other things, I stopped reading tasks or books about marketing, books about strategy and things like that. I started reading books about leadership. How do I get the most out of people? How do I leverage people? And how do I gr- bring people into a, a mission and a purpose that we can together move towards some amazing things? That's when some of the amazing leadership books I've read in the past, a report on the podcast came in. Um, and that's when you know, Dan Martell, my, my coach, sent me this latest leader, leadership book, which is The One Minute Manager and the Monkey. And that's why I've said the, uh, uh, the word monkey in this podcast probably seven or eight times today is because as we're leveraging amazing people to come into our organization and tackle those tasks so you can do your energy work, you need to make sure that the monkeys that are, are out there are, are on the right person's back. And I think us as leaders, we take on everyone else's monkeys in our team way too often, okay? The person that needs this thing from us, we think we're serving them by going, you know what? Yep, I'll, I'll look into that and I'll get back to you on that. And then the funny thing is, we while we probably have full intention on doing that, we're probably not gonna do it because we, we also took on 30 other monkeys from other people on our teams. And now we're not able to serve them now, those people are reliant on us. They can't take the next action. They can't move. They feel a, a lower sense of uh, a sense of worth now for their role, a, lo- a lower sense of accomplishment. And also, they just can't really add the value to the business that they should be able to add because you took the monkey away from them instead of empowering them to solve their own problem. So I'm really excited to see how I can apply this book even more moving forward. Uh, I would say if I had to grade myself on how good I am at taking my uh, team members' monkeys away, and really disempowering them. I'm probably a C minus right now. I take way too many monkeys from my team, put them on my back, thinking that I'm helping them out. In actuality, I'm actually disempowering them and making it so they they can't get their work done as good and everything takes longer and I'm a bottleneck. So I'm gonna report back over the coming weeks and coming months in the podcast and the carrot cast about how this book is uh, being applied in my life and my business and how you can do the same thing. Okay, I hope that you can gain more insight through the podcast as we go. Uh, and, and, and learn from my leadership lessons because I've, I preach it so much here in the Carrot Cast about you know entrepreneurship. We become entrepreneurs because we want for more freedom. We want more flexibility. We think that business is going to give us more finances. If you do it right, it will. And then we hope someday we can make an impact. Okay, freedom, flexibility, finances, and impact is why we do this. But the problem, the problem, is we create our businesses in a way to where we somehow trap ourselves in our business and trap our team members in the business so they can't go out there and make the impact that they should be able to make. And you don't get the freedom. You don't get the flexibility. Your finances might be, might be there, but you can't use them. 
as much. And then your impact, your ultimate impact has to be delayed even further. All right, so I want you to gain that freedom, y'all. I want you to gain that flexibility and we're gonna help you get there. Have an amazing, amazing rest of the day, rest of the morning, rest of the commute, rest of the shower, wherever you're listening to this. I'm pulling into my house right now. We just got back from the lake. We're gonna get unpacked and uh, hang out with the family. Love y'all. Have an amazing rest of the week. Mm-hmm.